previously on My Best Friend's Journal. So edging, according to Urban Dictionary, is getting seconds away from climax and stopping, waiting for a few more seconds and starting again. So your brother-in-law. So all afternoon, we kept making edging jokes. I would be like, where are you? He's like, I'm edging in the closet. (laughs) (laughs) I am about to go to my family reunion. I haven't seen any of these folks on this side of the family since 2016. You said that to me one time when I was looking through your camera roll. I was like, oh, I don't want to see anything. You're like, I don't think you will. But, you know, if you do, I I have a dick. I just like that's the way it is. Anyway, I get on this electric bike. Not 10 seconds after my first pedal, I went head on into a parked car. And oh, my God, Mike. (laughs) What does my mother-in-law think that they have heard on the podcast to lead her to believe that there could possibly be leftover load in the sink in here? Does she think that this is something that I do? And Peter is just saying these words in front of his mother like it's no big deal. Like, oh, she just thought there was cum in the sink. I'm like, oh, my God. No. Five years ago, he got a book to hold my private thoughts. And now we're gonna take a peek, grab a drink, or smoke some pot. Your private thoughts read aloud, how does that make you feel? I don't remember what I wrote, this shit might get too real. Nothing here is sacred, I'm haunted by my past. It's called My Best Friend's Journal. Let's start this damn podcast. Let's sing this theme a little longer first. It's someone's favorite podcast. Yes, and the world's greatest podcast. Oprah's favorite podcast. Hello. Well, hi, you little chirpy beaver. Beavers aren't chirpy. What? I that was know. an insane thing to call me. I think you are so <laughs> chirpy, but also like, what's the, there's like a good term for a eager beaver. No, is that it? Eager beaver. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Chirpy beaver though. It's the new, <laughs> <laughs> that's our new t-shirt. Um, how are you? How was your family reunion? Tell me all about it. Um, I'm good. It was good. Uh, so much to talk about. So hold on. You're Mike. I'm Cam. This is my best friend's journal. Please <laughs> continue. Thank you. I always forget to do that. Yes. Welcome. <laughs> um, so the reunion It was, I will say, overall, it was good. Uh, It was in red, rural, upstate New York, hosted by my aunt and uncle, who are staunch supporters, and so obviously that made me apprehensive. And I thought my uncle was kidding when he said that he would remove his flag before I got there, but he really does have a flag on his house, and he really removed it. Yikes. Um, I know. I was was appreciative that he did remove it, though, and I... it seems like it's just kind of my aunt and uncle who are the most Trumpy, and ever, there's a couple others who watch Fox but are like claimed to be independents and like will not comment on it. Um, They're voting for promise. Yeah, probably. Um, but you know what's really great and what's helping me get through? Their votes don't matter because they're in blue New York, and my vote was the only one that mattered there because I'm the only one from a swing state. Hell yeah, swing state. <laughs> Pardon the interruption. Just wanted to clarify the only vote that matters as far as the presidential election is concerned. Their votes, unfortunately, still count for all those disgusting little Republicans all the way down the ballot, but we take the victories where we can get them. Um, We did breach politics a tiny bit. Um, It was actually pretty civil, and I knew I wouldn't change any minds, but, like, I was was glad that we could speak somewhat uh, respectfully. And I also noticed there's at one point my aunt, uncle, and I were standing, like, in a triangle, and we were on the way out the door, and all my cousins were, like, huddled by the door as far away from us as possible, and the three of us were, like, knee-deep in politics, and 
on the way out the door when we kind of wrapped it up, I was like, by the way, cousins, I noticed you all over there and you are not excused. <laughs> <laughs> they were just trying to avoid the whole situation. Yeah, they were all hiding. I, they're like, really, my uncle and I are the only ones happy to like jump to the conversation. Everyone uh-huh. else falls pretty widespread along the political spectrum, but they're, uh-huh. nobody's happy to speak about it. They're not like, like confrontational uh-uh. political people. Yeah. Yeah. That said, it was really um, not too confrontational. Good. Um, I I have to ask. Uh, I know you were there. Um, this is going to come out way after the fact. It is probably. Um, I mean, it, there's nothing new to say about it, but uh, we would be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away last week. Um, it has been a very sad and scary time. We are mourning her. We are resting, and we are preparing to fight for her in any way we know how. Um, that's all I know how to say about it. I'm heartbroken. I had some a moment of existential dread, uh, and I feel like it's mainly behind me but we'll see it could come back at any moment anyway i brought this up because you were with your family when that news hit and i'm curious to know how all that happened uh well before i could even see a headline michaela texted me the news um and my stomach just sank sank in a way that i haven't since like pennsylvania went red on the night of november 7th 2016 i hate to have to interrupt again but it was famously november 8th and i could not let that slide cam yeah, it felt very much like that. Um, but hey, we're not going to get into it now. There are there are solutions, so just <laughs> keep are, fighting. There are. Um, I just meant it was the it was that same like existential dread where I felt like I was just spinning with no way to stop. But uh, um, yeah. So I'm sitting at dinner with my family, and I saw this text from Michaela about RBG, and I just swallowed it, and I was like, "Damn, this is like I'm gonna have to." mourn this later. I can't bring mm-hmm. this up right now. I'm not. I don't want to deal with this. So yeah. as we're Getting up from dinner, uh, my aunt turns on Fox News. Oh, God, and it's her house, so you can't help it. (laughs) Yeah, and so I had the distinct displeasure of watching my diehard Republican family members learn the news of RBG's passing. My aunt literally put both hands in the air and went, yes! Mm -hmm. My uncle then did pretty much the same thing. He was, all right, like with a fist bump. And I literally, by the way, um, this might feel inappropriate, but my gayest moment of the week is right here. So let's insert this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to see how this works out. So anyway, um, they both cheered her death, which is so disgusting. Diff fucking disgusting on so many levels. Like I'm trying to think what I would do in the same situation if Mitch McConnell died and we all learned of it at the same time, I would have a celebration in my heart, but I think, I think I would keep it to myself until I was in the presence of people who could, who I knew were of the same opinion. Like I will I, tell I you exactly what you would do. I, cause I, we did it uh, years ago when Scalia died. I remember thinking very much, I am not going to cheer for someone's death, but I think that the, uh, the future of the Supreme court is brighter now. That's, that's how I took that news. I did not dance in the streets, no matter where you fall on the political spectrum. She's an absolute icon of American jurisprudence and she should be respected. That's so disrespectful and disgusting. Um, anyway, so they cheered and before I could even think about how to respond, um, I did a quintessential gay head snap toward my uncle and out of my mouth just fell girl. <laughs> <laughs> that's an inappropriate response <laughs> it is and also like i never i mean i'm i'm my least gay self around them you can no, imagine. i know um <laughs> it's inappropriate in a lot of different ways it's your uncle it's your conservative uncle it's also like you're like you're not comfortable talking about gay things around him so 
It's a lot of things at play right there. Uh, honestly, I mean, all my cousins heard it too. Nobody was surprised to hear me say it. What happened was my uncle covered his mouth and he apologized. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was inappropriate. And I was like, okay. Question. Isn't yeah. this man a pastor? Minister. Yeah. That is so antithetical to any kind of true Christianity that it makes me sick to my stomach to cheer the death of someone is yeah true it's truly disgusting behavior i'm i'm not trying to come for your uncle i know that he apologized and no, he no, realized that it was inappropriate but even having that having that response to someone someone dying of cancer to fist bump and rejoice at that that is an that is antithetical to any kind of true christianity and he should be ashamed of himself you're right it is i've had such a hard time understanding him and, and dealing with this relationship because he has honestly been such a loving and seemingly supportive uncle to me like my whole life. And I know that sounds fucking insane, but like I can smell bullshit from a mile away. And he is completely genuine in, in his love of me and, and my siblings, and especially through all my dad shit. And yet he operates in this world as a Christian, as a minister, riddled with moral hypocrisy. And last weekend, I kind of realized like what it is. It, it became obvious that it all boils down to one thing and that is abortion it's the most important issue to him and to my aunt and and all christian conservatives and that indoctrination seems to make them willing to accept literally anything in the name of making abortion illegal i don't think i've ever said it on this podcast but i will never ever stand by and listen to someone call themselves pro-life if they are voting for people like donald because they are not pro-life, they're pro-fetus. Pro-life would mean making sure that there are social services in place to deal with uh, the kids that are neglected or uncared for or uh, that need extra help, that need health care once they're fucking born. It would be caring for the lives of the mothers when they require a medically necessary abortion. They don't care about life. They care about fetuses because they see fetuses as as like un, unable to protect themselves. Well, a, a baby can't protect itself. A one-year-old can't protect itself. No one that is not legally an adult can technically protect themselves under the law. So they don't care about life. No, of course they don't. Because if they did, they would support universal health care. They'd support universal child care. They'd support environmental justice. I know it's not news here, but don't you dare come for me and say that you're pro-life and not support the services that actually maintain life past the mm-hmm. birth canal. I hate it. It's, it's not about... Life at all, obviously. It is about power. It's about control. And it's, for many, um, it is using religion as a veil to uh, cover those things up. That, that level of hypocrisy and the people that try to hide that between, behind some false kind of uh, Christianity is one of my triggers. I cannot handle it. I will fight someone in the street over that. And for the sake of avoiding any more triggers for you and for our listeners, let's find some joy. Friend, please tell me, do you have a gayest moment of the week? Um... Do I have a gayest moment? Yes, I absolutely do. It is in a much different realm of yours. It has nothing to do with death or politics. Well, thank God. Um, my gayest moment was, um, so we just moved into our new house this week, um, and we're safely in Colorado. It is exciting. Um, we spent the first couple of days just unpacking, you know, so many boxes and and putting things away. And, and we also gave a bunch of FaceTime tours to family and, you know, people, friends that wanted to see the house. And so um, at one point we had been unpacking the bathroom and Peter was showing his parents around on FaceTime and uh, they were going through uh, one of the doors into the master bathroom. And I realized that we had unpacked um, our box of like personal items, um, mm-hmm. uh, not sex stuff. Uh, we had been <laughs> unpacking that particular box and it was all sitting out on the counter. Um, and I box didn't... several pieces of luggage at least. <laughs> 
it was a tiny dainty box um Mm -hmm. and the i mean there was stuff sitting out on the counter that peter's parents just need to see they know that we have sex but they don't need to see uh the things that go along with it and i i just saw him walking into the bathroom and i just like came and put my arm around him i was like why don't you take him this way it's better to go the other way then get a better flow for the house that way and like kind of shoved him out the door and then ran (laughs) into the bathroom behind him and shoved everything under the sink um i pictured you you said you went to like grab him i literally thought you were gonna say you sprinted toward him and just tackled him down to the ground (laughs) they couldn't see it (laughs) no it wasn't that dramatic i just uh i just kind of uh, gently directed him in the opposite direction. He gave me a funny look, and then later I asked him. I was like, you know I did that, right? He's like, yeah, I realized after the fact, and thank you very much. <laughs> Just like panning to the vanity. I'm like, uh, never mind. <laughs> God so, bless. Yeah, that was, uh, it was a little gay. You know, I do try to keep some things from my in-laws, um, at least the, the actual visual proof of it all. I'm sure they appreciate that. Um, and then to follow up on my runner-up gayest moment of the week last week when I was edging with my brother-in-law, <laughs> um, I got a uh, I got a Venmo the other day from him for uh, helping him that day, and the 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 subject line was edging with me. So um, <laughs> now Venmo thinks I'm a sex worker. Yeah, so what? Um, <laughs> I want to before we get too far away, just circle back real quick to say that generally, I mean, I just painted out the most horrific moments of the weekend as far as politics were concerned, but it was actually a pretty good weekend. It was really nice to reconnect with these people that I hadn't seen in so long, and actually something good that came about was. I've said before that we don't, this side of the family doesn't really talk about things. Um, It's all very hush-hush and like we all pretend that everyone's perfect. And that was all completely shattered when my dad, you know, did his shit. And it was like kind of nice to bond over that. Like he manipulated lots of different family members in lots of different ways that I didn't know. I received a lot of new information. Um, And it was nice to just kind of speak plainly and to be blunt and um, specific about things and not pretend that we're not human. Did, did it feel like like there was some sort of like, I don't know, deeper sense of family or community that you had that shared experience and you guys all know this man who has manipulated all of you in turn? Like, was that kind of like a, I don't know, was there like a bonding over that kind of? I actually felt that you could, you could absolutely see who was still the most bruised by it. And like, as his son, I was not one of those people. Um, okay. My uncle, my dad's brother, um, seems like still very wounded um my aunt as well it's interesting because i i come at all this as his son but his siblings had a lot to lose as well and not just between their relationships with him but he's he's basically um manipulated and gaslit gaslighted (laughs) my uh grandma and that has profoundly affected all of them um oh yeah because that's their mom yeah so anyway i'm not like rejoicing at the fact that everyone's been hurt but it was just nice to be real you know um and beyond that we just like <laughs> we played cornhole and can jam and i got a lot can of can jam can jam you know can jam no sir what word are you saying spell that for can me can jam c-a-n-j-a-m yes what that is oh it's like pearl jam but in your asshole <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's a, a frisbee game <laughs> um <laughs> There's something to be said about jamming something in your can. Or cornhole. They're all yard games are explicit. <laughs> That's true. What is going on? In Iowa, they call cornhole bags, which seems even grosser to me. Oh, uh, no. Because, like, I think bags bag. is nicer than cornhole. Oh, I don't like any of it. Oh, sure you do. I like to play it. I don't like any of the names. They're all kind of <laughs> just icky. I actually love cornhole. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because you love activities. Oh, no. I'm not talking about yard games. <laughs> I do love activities. Anyway. Can jam. I think that might be a New York thing. I don't know. Can Let me jam? know if you've ever heard of can jam. Never in my life. 
I went to a state school where yard games were a way of life for half the year, and I've never in my life heard of can jam. Hmm. Well, now you have. Now you can jam. Um, because you can't can jam. <laughs> what is that? Yes, you can can jam. Because you can can can. Oh, Moulin Rouge. Uh, Fatboy yeah. Slim. Moulin Rouge. I did not know it was Fatboy Slim. Um. Well, I'm glad that you had a nice time cornholing with your relatives, and I think Ew. that it is. Um, <laughs> I think that it's. I mean, it's a nice lesson. It says something about the fact that you can spend time with these people who you know that you're ideologically like at odds with, especially in this world where uh, where everything is so divided. But your family is still your family. You can set these things aside. You can acknowledge your differences and even have some productive discussions about it. Which kudos to you, by the way. Not everyone is willing to do that. In fact, I would hazard a guess to say most people are not, especially when they know they already disagree with their family. Um, it's a brave thing to do to be uh, to put yourself out there and to uh, to to go have those conversations and also just to spend time with those people and make human connections because there is no way that we will ever heal the rifts in this country or the divides in our political system if we just cut people out of our lives because they think differently than us. Uh, it is we can't. And by differently, just... you mean wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do. I do, in fact, mean that precisely. Uh, but you, like, it, what good would it be to, to say I'm not going to go to that family reunion because you support and then they don't get to see the shining light that is you. They don't get to spend the time with you. They don't get to enjoy your company, which is like such a gift. Call me a and shining also, light? Oh my God, I love this. I, I'm a gift. At some, okay, don't, don't make me regret that I said that. Someday... Because of the people they're voting for, their your rights could be back in front of the Supreme Court, and they will know that someone they, they love, they they probably will be. You're right, and they will know that someone that they love, the rights of that person are now it, back at the Supreme Court because of people they have supported politically, and that might make a difference to them. I don't know if it will, but it might. I hope they can make that connection that they are you know responsible, but I don't know that they will. But you're right that we'll never find out if we don't try and maintain some kind of connections. Yeah, and I think that I I just I'm I'm trying to laud your decision to go there without blowing up your ego so just take it for what it is and move on well i'll deflect a tiny bit of it and say that even my death celebrating voting uncle uh deserves credit because he he did reach out and he is the one who said we'll put politics aside and he is the one who took his flag down to welcome me um so while i wish there was no flag to begin with he certainly made an effort which i i can't imagine many people doing either so there is uh, movement on both sides that is a tiny, dim bit of silver lining. <laughs> I'll take what I can get, goddammit. All right, you trippy beaver. Go get my journal. <laughs> I'm never going to not love that. Because we can jam. Jam. Because we can jam. Yes, we can jam. 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 All right, so we're back into the middle of June 2015. You are in Japan. I've been in Japan for like a week, I think. Um, last we checked, I was frolicking with the deer, and I had enjoyed some onsen. Uh, well, on the 16th, you went to Okinawa, flight to Okinawa. Oh, yeah. Stayed at Risen Sea Park Hotel Resort. Just made every bus and shuttle in perfect time. Oh, that's a great feeling. Yeah. Hotel resort is full of things to do. Very excited. Oh, there's activities for Mike. I love activities. There was no cornhole. <laughs> the carpet's a little gross, but the room's good otherwise. <laughs> Why so gross, carpet? I mean, you can imagine. Hotel carpet? Yeah. It's covered and stuff. Full of toenail clippings and semen. Santorum. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, gross. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is so foul. Um, ate at Blue Lagoon for dinner. Shopped for lunch and breakfast food at Family Mart. Oh, my God. Family Mart? That's a Korean chain. Oh, is it really? Well... Maybe it's a Japanese chain that's in Korea. I don't know. I guess I could look it up. But that was a that was our um, that was a very common place for us to shop while when I lived in Korea. So I don't know where it's based, but it's there. It was like a very fancy Seven Eleven with like good food options. Hundred percent. Yes. Um, so a beautiful Japanese dance show was a little buzzed, but they seemed so committed and amazing. <laughs> really a joy. Oh, wow. You know what? That's quite a... I definitely was buzzed, clearly. I, um, <laughs> this show was, like, in the, like, lobby of the hotel, and I'm pretty sure it was just Michaela, me, and Kick watching these, like, three women do this dance, and I obviously was enchanted, but there had to be enough alcohol in there for me to not feel awkward about being a three-person audience. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, look at them go. Yes. Yes. <laughs> they are living. <laughs> I hate you in that moment. Oh, yeah. I hate me too. Uh, <laughs> okay. I love, love, love this sentence just because of the um, syntax. Walked on the beach and considered skinny dipping, but it was too dark and Michaela screamed at a crab. <laughs> <laughs> I have this idea of her just like going off on a crab. <laughs> <laughs> we were gonna, but she really she killed the mood because her and that crab got in such a like terrible argument. Um, no, uh, a crab just walked by and scared the shit out of her, and she screamed bloody murder. And after that, attention was drawn to us. We were like, okay, not a great time to skinny dip. You've you've talked before about her incredible capacity to scream. It is, whew, it's impressive. Um, do you know <laughs> for as loud as I talk and sing, my scream is actually. I don't know. It's a pretty mild scream because I feel like it's like inside. I'm just like, <gasps> or like oh, a really? kind of grunty. <gasps> you know, I can be scared pretty easily. And if someone jumps around the corner, I will. I, I scream high pitch and I like jump into the air and pedal my feet. Uh, I used to have roommates <laughs> that Flintstone really style. thought that was hilarious. Yeah, um, it is. I find it very upsetting. I really don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, I don't think one can control that like instinctive frightened scream. One cannot. I. You know what else one cannot control is their sneeze. Um, I have a very specific sneeze and my Latin teacher in high school hated it so much because I make a sound right before it that she thinks sounds like someone's about to throw up. And she was like this old, like battle axe of a teacher who had been around for so long and she'd had kids throw up in her class before. And she would, I mean, on an almost daily basis, I had bad allergies growing up. I kind of grew out of them in adulthood, but I would sneeze in her class and I didn't, I would cover my mouth. Like it wasn't anything gross, but I, I would make a like a, I guess a little bit of a retching sound before I sneeze, or at least that's what she heard. And she would scream at me. She'd go, Domitius, which was my Latin name. I'm going to give you sneezing lessons. And she would just give me the hardest time in front of the class. So much to the point where everyone in my Latin class would roll their eyes, like pull it together. Mrs. G, this is too much. Mrs. G, honestly, She's, I was going to say she reminds me of Mrs. McGonagall. Mrs. McGonagall. Uh, she was, <laughs> She was kind of an old Indiana version of Professor McGonagall, like like a like tough but lovable, like changed lives a lot, but did not take an inch of guff from anyone. How about an inch of girth? <laughs> I don't um, know. Her husband was a substitute teacher talking about girth. Uh, <laughs> uh, why do you know her husband's girth? I don't, but he was a substitute teacher, and he once told a really homophobic story while subbing in a class, and I hated him ever since. Oh, I don't like that. No, I don't either. Um, you should know. My sneeze is the word hush. It's usually four times. I've actually kind of grown out of the four. Now it's usually three, but it's just the <gasps> word hush. I almost always sneeze in threes. Hush? Yeah. Like, hush. No, like, like, hush, hush. 
Um, I've heard you sneeze before and I've never realized that, but now it's all, I'm going to think of the song Hush Hush every time you sneeze. And real quick, before we get off of sneezes, I would just love to share uh, that my uncle, who we spoke about at length at the top of the show, has the most amusing sneezes because he's like a 6'3", burly, masculine dude, and his sneezes sound like this. that's like a cartoon yeah and it's really funny on him (laughs) oh that tickles me all right june 17th breakfast in room get a little sad when seeing kick and mick makes me feel alone even though i'm right there oh (laughs) i'm sorry um amazing purple sweet potato ice cream okay so you bounce back uh at lunch buffet (laughs) drag dragon boat ride was so so wonderful had so much fun in 20 minutes went into the onsen naked with kick and watched sunset i don't love the syntax of that like i I picture it like (laughs) hand in hand with kick like walking into it naked (laughs) (laughs) uh is this the first time i mean there's have we talked about this on the podcast before when Westerners go into Asian spas and you have to just like get really used to being around your friends naked very quickly. Cause it's just how it works. Yes. And I, I think it all comes down to the idea that I've talked about before where it's just like, yes, get over it. I have a penis. We all have genitals. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about my friend, Sam? I don't know if this is a good story or not. Uh, my friend, Sam at a Korean spa, we were going, it was the night before super bowl, like 2011 or 2012. And uh, the super bowl comes on at like uh, like probably like five or six a.m. Korea time, we went down into Seoul and like had a night out, and then like stayed the night at a Jimjilbang, a Korean spa, because uh, there's places to sleep if you want to sleep. But we were just like, kind of pretty much pulled an all nighter and then started drinking beer at six a.m. to watch the Super Bowl. Hot. So it was pretty fun. Um, so we went one time. It was me and like all my guy. Well, it was pretty much our entire department. And so the guys, you know, they separate you by sex. So the like men go on one side, the women go on the other. Um, and then there's like a co-ed area where you can like wear their clothes and like go and like eat and play games and watch TV. So anyway, we were all in the spa hanging out, um, and going through the different pools and just like the naked thing was no big deal. But my friend Sam, who is Australian, um, decided that he was going to get a massage and you can get, um, these massages for like dirt cheap there. Um, and it's like in kind of the same like huge cavernous room there's just like a little massage area with like low walls um and you can go and like get like a body scrub which is apparently very painful or they scrub you with glass shards but it's your skin looks amazing they're they're <laughs> not gentle <laughs> they take it all pretty seriously and they're like pretty much like put up or shut up we're gonna do it our way so uh he went to go get a massage and so we're all uh in in the spa and he's just like kind of beyond over like a little wall we can't see him but we know he's over there getting uh getting rubbed down and all of a sudden we hear him just like screaming and cursing he's like oh the you mother <laughs> we're like what in the world has happened and the guy uh massaging him uh-huh got a nosebleed and he bled <gasps> all over sam before oh, he realized no. it and sam happened to open his eyes and glance down because he felt dripping and this guy uh. had completely bled on him and i think their solution was to put him in the corner and hose him down <laughs> so <sighs> sam had a completely dehumanizing that is experience awful. but it was it was awful and gross, but it was so funny because we're in this like very quiet, like middle of the night, pretty much the only people there. And Sam's supposed to be getting like a like a <laughs> a relaxing treatment, and he <laughs> ends up having a, uh, a, a just causing a full ruckus. It was pretty funny, and getting hosed down in the corner, honestly, like Buffalo Bill style, amazing. So after you went and got naked with Kick, yes, I said that that way on purpose. All right, all you can drink wine and cards. <laughs> I mean, you can usually have all you can 
Oh, you can drink cards? <laughs> I was wondering if that, like, you, you got to drink as long as you are playing cards, but the second you stopped, it, uh, yeah, it was like a, I don't know, three hours go nuts, and I bet we did. <laughs> three hours go nuts. Bet it was really high-end wine, too. Mm-hmm. June 18th, breakfast in the hotel room, went down to Gorgeous Pool, spent some time laying alone while Kick and Mick had time. Had time. While Kick and Mick <laughs> railed. <laughs> Porked. Well, they parked. Um, lunch buffet. Man, you're loving this lunch buffet. No, it's a resort. It's all all these inclusive buffets. Uh huh. Um, the purple sweet potato is called Okinawa potato. Got drinks and played cards in the ocean on a float. Oh my god, so fun! We're just floating around in the middle of the water with our rum and cokes and drinking and dealing. <laughs> drinking and dealing sounds like your ideal evening. Um, you went to Family Mart for dinner food, <laughs> then ate it with drinks and drinks and wine so (laughs) (laughs) we had drinks and the wine too (laughs) Uh, you're on vacation for sure you never drink this much Cutting my rum with wine ate it with drinks and wine by the ocean panoramic windows played cards and heads up friends edition played question game got our welcome drink in the coral lounge and taught kick about improv acting (laughs) how fun for him That sounds miserable. Move forward. Uh, he's also the most curious guy, but he was very down. Surely. I hope he instigated that because I can't imagine why he'd be friends with two people who'd be like, here's how we improv. <laughs> Thank you for joining Mike and Mick's Improv 101. Got it. Drink up. <laughs> um, on the 19th of June, wandered by myself in Daunton Bori, mm-hmm. was really enjoying myself, had revolving sushi, and was really excited about it. Went to Giant Library there. Starbucks and had cream cheese donut. Oh, so vegan's not happening. Uh, met a Korean girl named Kate, and she was very happy to meet a, quote, NYC singer. <laughs> she asked, oh my God, she asked to watch my YouTube videos. Yeah, how the fuck did that happen? Uh, I don't know. Let's see here. After you showed her your YouTube videos. That's insane. You That's totally to- insane. <laughs> watch my videos. Went- <laughs> she asked, um... Went to New Japan Hotel for the onsen. Big, beautiful. You stopped at the Bukakaru Theater. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think it says bun, bun, Bunraku Theater. Bunraku. Maybe. <laughs> no idea. Something that starts with a B, I think, uh, and it is a scribble. Then you circled for 20 minutes trying to find Kick's place. Oh, yeah. So I've got no phone service i can't read anything i am alone and i'm familiar <laughs> and i'm like oh cool i know kick lives somewhere in these few blocks and i have no fucking clue how to get there none oh no that's an uncomfortable feeling I, literally i was just wandering for i mean i guess 20 minutes but it felt like forever and i was like i know it's here and i just cannot find it and i just ugh, i hate that feeling of helplessness especially when it should be so easy because i know i'm close just that like pit or your stomach anxiety and this is not the last or worst time i get very lost in japan i feel as though japan is a place where you could like pop in somewhere for wi-fi oh to like contact that's him. true i wonder if i even had his address i maybe didn't oh i don't know uh had you not stayed there yet i had but it, he brought me there oh fair enough yep um okay june 20th uh breakfast at resort didn't you just weren't you just at kick's house he didn't live in a resort town did he no. oh no you swapped these two days. Sorry, I missed a note in the margin. You you flip-flopped the 19th and 20th. I'm not going back to fix it. So <laughs> imagine I said this five minutes ago. Um, this is actually June 19th. 
you had breakfast at the resort. You took Japanese school girl style photo booth pics. Mm-hmm. You know, the kind <laughs> where it's like huge eyes and tiny everything else. <laughs> yep, I absolutely do. Kawaii. What does that mean? It's like Japanese cuteness culture, like those those photo booths or um, oh. like Hello Kitty and Pikachu. Great. Um, airport and plane back. Airport was like an old factory with lawn furniture. Oh, yikes. Yeah, huh? it was like a... Uh- <laughs> It was not an airport. I felt like I was. It was like some hut. It was very uh, rural. <laughs> yeah, rural. Three hours in KIX, killed by playing cards, eating pretty good Western food, and amazing ice cream slash Danish. Listen to podcasts about. Oh, you're listening to podcasts. Rude. About <laughs> genetically modified food, and another one about a gay man who found first love at 77. <laughs> Oh, wow. I guess there's hope for me after all. <laughs> I guess there are. Or I guess there are what? I guess there is. Um, and then you took a bike ride back to Kicks for the night. So Got it. He, okay. And the next you day. You took a bike ride did. the night before. Yep, yep got it. Next day you wandered and got yourself lost. Um, On June 21st, what is USJ exclamation point? Uh, Universal Studios Japan. Oh, fun. That's where Mikhail's uh, working. <laughs> crashed the bike when parking at the park this is the second time you've crashed a bike on this podcast <laughs> yeah it was like really really did not put me in a good mood to start our little trip at uh, universal it's kick and i going to see michaela's show and i like not only crashed the bike but the place where i parked like crashing it meant i knocked over like five more and scraped my whole body up and then had to climb out of a clamber of of uh you know bikes <laughs> is a clamber then, of bikes a thing no it certainly is not clamber is like a a crashing sound <laughs> oh it's a sound Oh, I'm thinking of clamor. Clamor. Like you'd clamber over rocks. Huh? <laughs> clamber, a verb. To climb, move, or get in and out of something. Noun, an awkward and laborious climb or movement. So you did clamber, but it, you did not clamber but out of a clamber a of clamber. bikes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That was tough, actually. Um, I bet that was really fun to listen to for everyone. <laughs> clamber, 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 clamber. Um, so... <laughs> It was a bad start to your day because you crashed the bike and then pass didn't work to get you into the park. Oh, yeah. Uh, we were obviously pulling shenanigans to save a penny and uh, didn't work. <laughs> well, you said bad start, but fun day. Saw Mick in frog choir. Oh, Harry Potter. It's yeah. a Harry Potter frog choir. She was a Hufflepuff. <laughs> you said Harry Potter land is magical. It was. Pizza in New York and tried butter beer. Pizza in New York. Oh, New York, yeah. Universal Studios, New York. <laughs> so Harry Potter Land is magical. Had pizza in New York and tried butter beer. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things happening. A lot of worlds mixed up there. Uh, butter beer is delicious. It is. It's so sweet, though. Um, okay, we have to pause there because I have two minutes to put the dogs away and be ready for the student. I bet he's right on time since he called already. Um. Hey, Mike. What's up? Complete non sequitur. Um, we just had to pause uh, recording for a second because I had someone come to the door and we came back and you're wearing a different shirt. I had a costume change. Not a shirt that I've ever seen you in. And I think it's a Celtic knot and I don't know why this is happening. What's um, going on? It is for our dear friend Erin's. Um, <laughs> it's her Irish dance company and they are doing a video for National Voter Registration Day and I'm participating and I took our little pause to do that. Oh, Okay. 
I was about to make a sassy joke about how that Celtic knot is a Celtic knot. But <laughs> Rude, but um, it's our friend and it's for votes, so like, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> and also, it's appropriate for an Irish dance company. It's not appropriate for, oh, I don't know, my half-Cuban friend who has no tie to the Irish community. I do have some Irish in me. <laughs> you have had before. <laughs> His name is Shawnee Flanagan. <laughs> <laughs> Racist. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, anyway... They were back. We're in the middle of a day, by the way. That pause was yeah. ill-timed. Uh, well, you get what you get, don't you? I'll throw a fit. Mm, yeah, I know you will. Okay, so we're in June. We're in June. We're at June twenty-first. You, one double-sized beer from Rock Paper Scissors. Love the Harry Potter <laughs> Castle ride, but lost eight thousand yen, sixty-eight dollars. Oh, roll, what? Real roller coaster of a day in many ways. <laughs> Um, <laughs> these run-on sentences are a full, yeah, journey, really. Sure are. Um, let me try and break that down a little bit. Okay, so I don't know why, but at the random pub, it was like the bartender was like, play rock, paper, scissors, and if you win, you get a double-sized beer. And we, we did, and we won. <laughs> and uh, the only thing I'll say about the ride is that it's so fun to see these very familiar characters in this like world we know in a completely different language that I do not know at all. So you'll see Hermione, and she'll be like, Arigato, Senor Snape. Uh-huh. Uh, and it is so senor? interesting. Senor? Nope. <laughs> uh, Keep it. No. <laughs> Arigato, Senor Snape, said Hermione. Never. You know what? I'm having a lot of Mexican food. We're at Harry Potter World. I'm in Japan. It's uh. all very confusing. <laughs> Moving on. That's the name of the episode. Arigato, Senor Snape. <laughs> <laughs> very Love reminiscent it. of Hello, Mr. Schwarzenegger. Uh, uh, and what was the last thing that insane run-on sentence? Oh, the the yen. Um, I just had a bunch of loose cash in my pocket, and it fell out on the roller coaster. Oh, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. You said, really bummed me out, but writing it, it doesn't seem that bad. That's good. That's good perspective. Uh, the next day, you are back to Universal Studios. Bought a two-day pass. Mm-hmm. Living that theme park life. June 23rd. Woke up late, went to Poncho's again for lunch. You got margarita drunk, then went shopping at H&M. Bought shorts and sailor shirt. Um, do these things still live in your closet? I'm looking at them, but I don't feel like grabbing it. (laughs) Uh, Okay, fair enough. Uh, Hunted for karaoke. You met Crystal there and got a small booth. Drank a ton and sang a ton. Blew my voice out. (laughs) That's what you do at karaoke. That's what I do at karaoke. You went to an Irish pub. And Yuki, your karaoke host, brought you there and bought your shots. Oh, that's oh, yeah. so nice. He, like, left his job. I think he was, like, the only one hosting. He's just like, come on, I'll take you. He, like, literally walked us down to his favorite bar. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, you spoke to two Aussies about a potential visit to Australia. Oh, because um, my next shift, I'm supposed to go to Australia. Ah, yes. But alas. Um, then you walked your bike back to kick because you were so wasted. <laughs> uh-huh. All right, June 24th, picnicked outside Osaka Castle. Oh, my gosh. Was really beautiful. Lots of ants, though. <laughs> and then at the end of that day, you said, um, bought bullet train ticket to Tokyo. Oh, yeah. Okay, on the 25th, uh, Mick seemed annoyed at me this morning. I've been a guest a bit too long, I think, but it's okay. We've been through it before. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you spent a lot of time in each other's spaces, boo-boo. Um Oh, God, heartburn all of a sudden. Oh, my God. Speaking of, can I tell you, the other day I was a little high and eating some, like, kind of old reheated rice. I always make a bunch of rice and just, like, leave it in the fridge and I'll heat it up as whatever, a snack or to go with dinner. And maybe it was a little old or a little dry. I'm not sure. This has never happened to me before. I've gotten, like, heartburn kind of from eating rice too quickly. But I Don't you get heartburn from avocado? 
I do. Thanks for knowing that, but unrelated. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I start getting like pretty bad heartburn. I was like, oh, just stop for a second. But then it got like so, so, so bad. And I started having like terrible reflux. But then like I stood up to try and get relief, but my chest felt like a like a bubble was expanding in it. And then I felt like I was choking, like I was stuck in this never ending cycle. I would burp and the burp would cause a swallow, but then the swallow would cause a burp and I just like couldn't get out of it. And it was painful. And I was like, oh, my God, after everything that's going on in the world, I'm going to die alone choking on fucking rice. Oh, my God. That's a Miranda moment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. When she looks at her cat and realizes she's going to die alone and her cat's going to eat her body. I mean, I don't have a cat to eat me, so I don't uh, guess I'll just... I mean, I should get a cat is the moral of this story. Um, I promise you would never lay there very long because I would call your building super as soon as I didn't hear from you for a day. I should give you that number. Um, yeah, it was just very scary. And I was like, I called our, our uh, nicest friend, Sam, and I was like, I just need you to know what happened. And she was like, oh, lesson is chew your food. And um, also it's happened to her as well. So I, I didn't feel oh, as bad. Good. Great. Maybe you need some like Nexium or something. No, I guess it's like a pretty common thing that can happen when rice is passing through your esophagus. But honestly, I'm a fucking rice aficionado and nothing like that has ever happened to me before. I've never heard anything more boring than a rice aficionado. That makes me want to hang up this call and never answer your phone, the phone again. Well, you've done it before. Um, <laughs> a rice aficionado. Anyway, I was just like, this is not how I go. Come on. But yeah, I just thought you should know. I was very scared. <laughs> this is not how I go. I'm really glad that your uh, reaction to certain death was just exasperation at the circumstance. <laughs> it honestly was scary. I was like... Uh, whatever i can't i can't explain it anymore to you but it was unpleasant to say the least I'm, it sounds unpleasant i'm really glad you didn't die due to rice intake <laughs> we're still in june 25th uh you've been there too long so kick took you to <laughs> like that i've been there too long then the next line is kick took me to the bullet train station at osaka station like i've been here too long so kick <laughs> kick delivered me to the train station <laughs> that is funny um so i'm about uh, to go visit our friend kyle who we talked about last week Oh, shit. You visited Kyle? I did. Did I know that? Doesn't sound like it, uh, but he was in Tokyo, and I figured while I was so close, I might as well go visit. Oh, that's so fun. Okay, well, yeah. I'm glad that you get that. Um, so you're going to Tokyo. Maybe this will be our last entry, and then we can enter Tokyo next uh, next episode. Sure. Okay, let's finish it, though. Um, so it was beautiful to watch Japan pass by on the train. God, what's better than a bullet train? It was amazing. The trains are magnetic levitation, so they, there's, like, no friction, mm-hmm. and they can go 250 miles an hour. It's unreal. And I just heard a report on NPR, which, by the way, I speak about probably as frequently as I was talking about Netflix Explained in our last episode, because um, at my reunion to my cousins, I was like, well, on NPR this and NPR that. Uh-huh. And they're like, why so much NPR? And I was like, they're my friends. Um <laughs> Lakshmi Singh came to my birthday party. I wish. No. Um, So anyway, I was listening to an NPR report, and they were saying how, in a lot of ways, America is akin to a developing country. Like, our um, infrastructure, our train system is Uh so antiquated, and it's actually pretty embarrassing on a world scale at how far behind we are and so many things. I had that same thought when um, the very first bullet train I ever took was between Amsterdam and Paris, and it's between two ancient cities. And I'm like... Us, the newest world power to exist, mm-hmm. the like the the place that we we're always like people are always chanting about how America is the best. I'm like, we are not the best at any fucking thing. <laughs> well, Americans are chanting that. No, that's what I that's what I mean. But they yeah. people love to say like we have you know it's it's the best place to be. I'm like, well, a lot of places got us beat in a lot of ways, and we are just lagging. That was part of the this report. They said that America we grew so 
quickly, like so exponentially. We were, we're a very young country and we like we surpassed, you know, so many Western civilizations up until like the 1900s or like the early 1900s. And then we were so ecstatic about that. They were just like, cool, we're good. And we stopped and everyone else <laughs> continued like slow growth where we just like, uh-huh. It's like the girl in fifth grade who has this crazy growth spurt and all the kids are like, oh my God, she's so tall. And then all the Uh kids catch up and realize that she's like 5'2", which is not tall at all. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, that's America. (laughs) (laughs) That's remarkable. Um, Okay, I'm going to finish this here. Um, Beautiful to watch Japan pass by on the train. Couldn't even take a... Oh, couldn't even even take a clean pick. We were moving so fast. (laughs) Uh, Um... Met Kyle in Tokyo. Hi, Kyle. And he hey, took Kyle. me to E-Village. His apartment is capital L lovely. Went to the Scramble and the Dog. Oh, both these were either bars or restaurants. Ate a burrito at Guznam and Gomez. Then met his friend Demi. Oh. <laughs> That's probably the friend who last episode uh, got with a bunch of strangers and went on a ski trip. <laughs> well, maybe. That may be the very friend. Yeah. You did note that she was gorgeous but strange. <laughs> My favorite um, kind of people. <laughs> Hippie happy hour under a train bridge. They are regulars. <laughs> the waitress knew them. Of course I'm drinking under a bridge, fucking troll. Uh, <laughs> Back at Kyle's, you watched some stand-up. You ate Indian food, bed early, think Kyle has a cold. Oh, yeah. Kyle was, like, deathly sick and just kind of pulling it together for me. He's like, listen, I'm in pain, but let's go drink, and I'll figure it out. <laughs> oh, that's very sweet. I, like very much remember him not being a drinker like back in Schmish Martin's times and I brought this up to him and he was like never he's like never was I not a drinker and I'm like I don't know how did I create this like how did you create that because I remember him being drunk I remember him being drunk enough to confront one of our castmates parents and fight in the street outside our favorite bar I know I I don't know I (laughs) created this memory Uh, all right that's plenty of journal for today Uh, there is still a lot of Japan to get through so we'll uh, address that again next week I think last week I said we had covered about half the trip already obviously I lied I think now we've covered like two-thirds of Japan so about a week left um okay well did we hear from any of our listeners this week yeah we got some some listener dms um one of my favorites is from andrew he sent us a picture of himself wearing a foul-mouthed gay feminist mask which i'm obsessed with oh my god (laughs) i want one of those buy one you have the power you made it (laughs) i keep forgetting Um, honestly So many compliments in the mask wallet brunch today. Definitely a great game moment to wrap up the weekend. Love it. Thanks, Andrew. Um, and it is super cute. Uh, and then we just got a bunch of support for our post on National Registration Day for Americans to register to vote. If you're not registered to vote, not too late to do that. Go to vote.org or Vote Save America or literally just Google Am I Registered to Vote? There's like no lack of resources. And that reminds me that I would like to propose... Um, an incentive for our listeners oh and i mean it's not that glamorous but i just want to know when you volunteer your time or donate your money um let us know take a screenshot or a selfie or just message us and uh we would love to give you a shout out on the podcast to celebrate your activism uh we appreciate that uh people are out there doing that that they're spending their money and they're spending their time both very valuable resources and uh, we want to give you a little bit of credit for that on our little platform here because yeah it's important if you needed the final nudge to actually you know uh, write that check or to sign up to text bank or to phone bank or whatever it is here write it is that check who's still writing checks i mean people the, are that proverbial 
real check. I, really I get it. Just like, you know, PayPal. You know what? I'll go even further. I might take like simple requests too. Perhaps you have a would you rather you'd like answered. Perhaps you have <laughs> oh, a question we uh-oh. haven't answered. Give us, <laughs> let us know how you contributed to making sure democracy is reinstated in America. And we will perhaps respond to some, uh, we'll definitely give you a shout out and maybe, maybe answer some simple uh, requests. Great. I love the perhaps. It's just really, really hedging your bets there. <laughs> well, I'm scared because I don't want people like, um, I donated 50 bucks. Now let me see that dick. <laughs> Yeah, we'll post that on the Instagram. Okay, mm-hmm. if you want more of my best friend's journal, you can always find us on mybestfriendsjournal.com. You can find us on Instagram at MBFJ Podcast, and you can email us at mybestfriendsjournal at gmail.com. And as always, please remember to rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm. We always appreciate that. Until next time, always remember chew your food or die alone. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Should get a cat. Two two douches and a butt plug. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the Easter egg. (laughs) God damn it.